Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... Kyler This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! He is Houdini! Touchdown! Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, Dylan, we've got an exciting guest uh, on the show here with us today. And uh, we've been talking about football all season long. We're talking about all these guys on the field. Well, finally, we actually uh, get someone on here with us uh, for the first time here this offseason. And Dylan, I'll let you uh, introduce him as uh, I know he is someone that a lot of people who listen to our show probably know a little bit about. Yeah, if you're a fan of the Ravens or not, obviously, you know, the big dude that's always standing in front of Lamar Jackson, <laughs> setting all the lanes for him. That's Patrick Ricard. He's been back-to-back pro bowler. Uh, if they had, they haven't been having fullbacks on the all-pro list for a while. Otherwise, I'm sure he would be as well. Uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, you're obviously someone that we've been watching for a while. I've seen you. I've, I'll ask you a bit about a game last year in Los Angeles where you kicked my favorite team's ass pretty hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's great to have you on and appreciate you taking the time here, man. Yeah, of course. I mean, thanks guys for having me on. I'm excited to be here talk some football. So uh, ask away, guys. <laughs> All right, Pat, um, certainly, you know, we're having you on shortly after the Super Bowl. Everyone has an opinion on the Super Bowl. Um, we read your tweets. Um, you you gave a nice little message to uh, the New England Patriots fans. Uh, what, what did you think just uh, from watching uh, Super Bowl? Uh, leading up into it, everyone kept asking me, you know, who, who do you think is going to win the game? And I just had a weird feeling the Bucs. I mean, you just can't count out Tom Brady. Like, no matter what, who they're playing, like, it does not matter – they had a close game. I think it was like week 12 they played. Chief uh, mm-hmm. by, I think it was like 24 to 20. So it was a close game. Um, and man, I just, I just had the feeling, you know, Tom Brady and those Bucks are gonna do something. And I didn't, I didn't think they were gonna shut them out to no touchdowns. That was, that was yeah. very surprising. And I, um, I watched the game with my, uh, my wife's side of the family, and my sister-in-law was like excited to watch it because she wanted to see Gronk and Brady do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that tweet out and I thought it was hilarious because a lot of people in New England are still pretty salty that they're not playing for their team anymore and they're playing for the Bucks. And mm-hmm. it was just so fitting that Gronk scored two touchdowns that game. And <laughs> I was just happy for those guys. I mean, I grew up watching them and I still, you know, get my tabs on, you know, different Patriot players or just a team here and there. Um, and uh, I was mostly excited for, for Brady to start, you know, leave the team, go down there first year with the team and he wins the Super Bowl. Like <laughs> it just solidifies his status as the best ever. So um, I enjoyed the game for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned, I was going to ask you, cause you're from Massachusetts, obviously. So you grew up, I'm sure a Pats fan. And sure enough, obviously, like you said, <laughs> have a lot of friends that still are. Oh man, I can't even imagine. So uh, you grew up in Massachusetts, but you went to school in Maine, obviously. Right. So that was your one D one offer that you got. Uh, tell us a bit about that and how that experience, I know you uh, I'll get more to your transition to, you know, playing defense line to fullback, but just talk a bit about your experience at Maine and how that helped you when you eventually transitioning to the NFL. Yeah. Um, like you said, it was my only division one offer. My only other offer at high school was a D two school in New Hampshire and it was St. Anselm. And mm-hmm. I visited there, did not like it at all. And I was like, I'm not going here. And then that was a Thursday to Friday and then Friday to Sunday. I wanted mm-hmm. to the and I really liked it. It was my only offer is either that, or I was looking at a lot of Ivy league and Patriot league schools um, coming out of high school because, you know, I did well in school and um, I maybe wasn't quite as good to play at a big, big school. So that's what I was targeting mostly. Mm-hmm. And besides those schools, um, I could have walked on at UConn because at the time Don Brown was the, defensive coordinator he's actually from my hometown went to my high school oh. so recruited me pretty heavily and told me eventually I could walk on there but he's like hey if Maine offers you you're taking that offer because you're not going to want to pay for school and you'll have a better chance of playing so I took it um and I loved it I mean it's a place where you have to be very resourceful because when I was there it's a lot better now when I was there money was tight like they mm-hmm. can only do so much for us and so you really had to work extremely hard if you wanted to get be a better player and as an overall student and balancing everything. And um, I also liked how it was in New England. It was like four and a half, five hours from my hometown. So it wasn't too far, but it was far enough to <laughs> anyone wanted to come see me. They had to take a trip yeah. um, and just where it was. I mean, if you've ever been up there, it's, it's a small town. It's in Orono, Maine, right outside of Bangor. So like there's no distractions there. There's no big city. There's not like all this crazy stuff happening. So like you could really just hone in to what you want to do and just, you know, go all in and not be distracted by everything. Um, and I'm just grateful. I mean, they're only my only, my only division one offer and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to go there and prove myself and, you know, give me that work ethic to go to the NFL and make it. So, um, you know, definitely enjoy my time there for sure. Awesome. Pat, um, in transitioning back to this season, you know, it's something, of course, here on our our show, we talked about so much throughout the year, just how unprecedented it was just from a, you know, for you guys, just the protocols and all this other stuff. Um, As you kind of look back on it, just what what were some things you just think about? It's like, man, we really had to adapt to such an unusual season like it was for for really everyone around the league. Yeah. They essentially try to put us in a bubble. Like, the way the protocols went, like, we had to get tested for COVID every single day. Every day. Yeah. And, but it, it's not as crazy as people think. Like, 
it's a, it's a nasal swab, but it only goes up like a little bit in your nose. It doesn't go all the way up. So it wasn't as bad, yeah. but I mean, dealing with the protocols is kind of crazy. Like they, towards like the middle of the season, once some teams had outbreaks, like after the Titans had their big outbreak, the NFL started changing some rules around. And so they classified like the building by tiers. So like tier one, tier two, tier three, tier one was like all the players, coaches, and like pretty much the most essential people in the building were tier one. And they made a rule to where tier one personnel could not hang out with each other outside of the facility, or we could get mm-hmm. like refined, mm-hmm. even bended, like get the whole organization in trouble. So that, I, that was pretty challenging. Cause a lot of people, I mean, they had to be away from their families. Like some people's families, they even weren't even in the area. They were back where they're from. So people were away from their families for six months at a time. Um, and I mean, I think just dealing day-to-day business in the building was more challenging. And then on top of it, um, not having fans at games was kind of a big deal because, you know, you feed off their energy. It, it makes the game fun. Um, and it's different for fans, too. I mean, they have to they have to watch it from home. They can't even go to the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, also, too, like, we do events. Like, we have events for, like, either fundraisers or, or people's foundations or even just, like, autograph signings or meet and greets. Like, we couldn't do any of that. So... It was it was just weird. It was just different. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think the NFL did a good job to where we could have a season and still finish the whole season, not have too many crazy cases. Like unfortunately, the Ravens, we had an outbreak. Yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. Had COVID. Um, it was on Thanksgiving. I was positive. So <laughs> great Thanksgiving. Um, right. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't too crazy. I mean, I'm just, hopefully now moving forward, we don't have to deal with a lot of those protocols because some of them were, were kind of wild. Like, we had to wear these little chips called Connects yeah. On, ran for it. And if we didn't have it on us at all times and something happened or we didn't have it on practice, they can fine us like $15,000. Like, it's just insane. Like, mm. just that. Like, if we're caught with not having our mask on in the building and the NFL checks all of the cameras, they can fine us $50,000. Like, you just think. <laughs> have to deal with all this stuff like it's like oh my gosh like you had to be so like just vigilant with everything all the time because you're just constantly being watched and you don't you don't want to get one of those fines that's that's for sure <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i know you guys obviously deal with it like you're saying though that's probably why like i know what happened with the broncos they couldn't because i think all their quarterbacks were together they, that was why that ended up happening you guys at least didn't have Every that's you know that's the reason I guess you at least had most of your position group able to play. I know the receivers were right the most hit on the group, but I know yeah, Major League Baseball is doing that this year, I believe, with the same thing with the chip and all that. Although they were way behind the NFL, obviously so much money on the line that's a big reason. Uh, but you, yeah, you mentioned the fans. I know obviously not as you know at your guys's home games, but you played in probably the at least for our opinion the game of the year when you guys beat the Browns <laughs> in Cleveland. At least there were some fans at that one. That I mean. How, you know, in terms of experience of your favorite games that you've ever played in, where would you rank that one? Um, in my NFL career, yeah. um, definitely, it's definitely top, top three. I mean, just that game is insane. Like, just yeah. Yeah. like for us too, like as a team, we couldn't lose. Like we had, could not lose. We were, I think seven and five and going there, we knew they were a great team. Like we played them week one. Mm-hmm. And so we went to what week? I don't know, 13, 14, yeah. what we knew like they're a way better team and the game is a complete shootout the whole time. Like mm-hmm. that 
man, they were just so good. Like Kareem Hunt <laughs> and Nick Chubb duo, like yeah, unbelievable. It's so hard to stop. And like, and for us to have that shootout with them, and then the whole Lamar Jackson <laughs> coming out on board that and making that play with Hollywood, like, and and then they and then they go down and score again, and mm-hmm. we have to go back and score again, like. And then Tucker just stealing the deal, like yeah. you know, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. That was probably the, one of my favorite wins all year for sure. Were you on the field for the play when McSorley got hurt, and then obviously Lamar came like running back out, like, or were you on on the bench for that one? So I was I was in on the drive, and mm-hmm. week before that against the Cowboys, I had a stinger, and stingers, you know, once you get them, you're more prone to get them because you're irritated that nerve that caused yeah. the stinger. And that actually that drive, the literally the play before Trace gets hurt, I got mm-hmm. another, and it was uh-huh. bad enough to get off the field and get evaluated. So I'm in the tent, and then I'm like, oh god, Trace got hurt because I heard it, and then all of a sudden I I like get out of the tent and I see, I'm like, oh Lamar's back, <laughs> oh it's four, <laughs> oh and then and all happened. I was on the field. <laughs> oh man, that's insane. Yeah. But yeah, I mentioned before, uh, obviously that Rams Ravens game in terms of dominating performances, I've per- I mean, I've been to a number of NFL games, seen shootouts usually with the, some of those Rams teams from 2017, 18, in terms of a physical domination, you guys were a machine. I mean, in terms of, I mean, that year, obviously you're the one seed in the AFC. Was that maybe like one of the best games you guys played that season in your opinion, in terms of a full complete performance, just everything, at least from what I'm sitting in one of the end zones and the holes that I'm seeing, this is before I really knew, you know, your whole story and everything. You're kind of emerging as a, uh, obviously pro bowler that year, but it was just like straight up from the, the angle I had in the end zone. You could straight up see the lanes every single time. And that came for Mark Ingram and for Lamar. Yeah. I mean, we didn't punt. Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that one stat alone just shows like how dominant we were. We're converting on third downs. Every time we got in the red zone, we score touchdowns. Our defense just, just stuffed them and caused turnovers. Um, and it was a Monday night game in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And it was that point where our, our season, we started to roll. And then we did that. And the Rams were a good team. And mm-hmm. as that at their place Monday night, it was uh, it was awesome, and that it really it really propelled our whole rest of our season. And then obviously we all know what happens in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I think that was probably the most complete game we had all year last year for sure. At um, you know, with Lamar, you've been there since he's been there, and and I know you know obviously the different players come and go, but just for you, just seeing him progress, you know, as the leader of that offense for you guys, what's it been like just to to watch him year to year and see some of the things that he's certainly. Uh, really taking his game to, to that next level. Yeah. Um, I mean, when he first got here, everybody didn't think he was a quarterback besides the Ravens and maybe other teams that are interested, but overall a lot of media and analysts and other organizations didn't see him as a quarterback. So I think yeah. him coming, he was already super humbled and he just wanted to work. And when he first got here, you saw the raw talent and the way he moved and just, and his leadership too, like guys kind of corral around him just because he's, he's, he's one of those guys where he doesn't want to be like above anybody or a leader. He wants to be part of the team. He wants to be like everybody else and just does his thing. And everyone kind of respects that and want to play for him. But um, I mean, when he first got here, he, you know, struggled just even like with a play call. I remember one time in OTAs. So OTAs is like kind of like a spring, like our spring ball. Mm-hmm. And 
he like literally messed up the play call like three or four times. Like he had to keep doing it, doing it. So just seeing that and then um, his rookie year when he got thrown in probably six weeks left in the season because Joe got hurt. And I mean, he won like five out of six of our games. Just, just being yeah. just a natural, just talent and just, you know, getting his scout looks and then transition from year one to year two, just see how big of a jump he had just because, he was officially the starter. He was officially getting all the reps with the ones, all this whole spring, all of camp. He was getting everything. And just to see his his the way he's developing in his passing game overall, just the offense and also the coaching staff. Uh, Greg Roman became the offensive coordinator his second year, so he was able to really just blend everything together for him and the whole offense. And then to see him get the MVP his second year after two years before that, everybody doubted he could even be a quarterback and now he's winning the MVP. And then, um, and then now we have this year, um, you know, people can say Rocky star and all this stuff and whatever. And regardless, we still went to the playoffs still and won his first game against a team that we've lost twice to now. And, um, you know, I think he's slowly just silencing the, the doubters he's had, um, but I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter because people still doubt Tom Brady. Like, do one seven. Yeah. <laughs> people are still going to be like, "Oh, Tom this, Tom that." It's going to be the same with Lamar. You know, maybe his style of play is different than most quarterbacks. Yeah, he runs the ball a lot, but guess what? He runs it very well. So, like, mm-hmm. why would you do that with him? It makes our offense more explosive, more dynamic. We, he, he can run it. He can give it to Jake Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Me and Nick Boyle lead block for him, or he could pass it to any of our receivers or tight ends, and like. Um, but yeah, I mean, shoot, he's a great guy. He's in the crazy thing too. He's so young. I think he just turned 24. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> right. So young. Like, like, I think it was, um, I think Payne Manning went to the playoffs three times and didn't win one game and like all this mm-hmm. stuff. But like people to critique him for all that stuff. Like it's just, it's, it's whatever. It honestly, I don't think it bothers him. Like he just cares about winning and just cares about being a good teammate and, that's all he works on and cares about. So I'm um, definitely happy to be his teammate for sure. He's a good guy. Yeah, awesome. Uh, obviously, uh, your role in the offense with Greg Roman, I know you guys go back from when you first signed with the Ravens, right? He was the run game coordinator at the time and kind of pulled you in and had you start doing some of those fullback drills. Did he have any idea that you had uh, at least high school experience playing fullback or did he just kind of see a big body and was like, oh, maybe this, let's throw this guy in here and see how this works? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I, I, my first week of OTAs, my rookie year, I was undrafted defensive lineman mm-hmm. out of me. And I'm just trying to make the team. I'm trying to make an impression, show them, like, hey, I can play. I know the plays. I can do it well. I can, I'm physical. I, I, I run mm-hmm. the ball. I, I'm a good teammate, all this stuff. So probably a weekend, and he comes up to me in the hallways. And and at this time, too, just to give you a little more backstory, um, Kyle Juszczyk was the fullback here, and he signed – a big contract extension, a uh, big contract in the off season for 49ers. And mm-hmm. all they had left for a fullback was a undrafted rookie and a running back who they're trying to convert to a fullback. And after a week of seeing them, they were probably like, mm, we might have to maybe try to see somebody else or something. So that's when they tried me at the position. Yeah. And yeah. Craig Roman came up to me in the hallway and he's just like, Hey Pat, we're going to tell you a rep at fullback. And it's just going to be like, a 90 lead. So you're going to line up in the eye and it's going to lead up on the mic. And that's pretty much all they told me. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so then the, the play happens. And, and like, for me, like, 
I think the reason why I've had success in this league is because I've made the most of my opportunities. Whenever I've been given an opportunity, for the most part, I've done well. And what happened was in that one play, um, Willie Henry was at three technique at the time. And as soon as the ball snapped, he like broke into our backfield right away. And I like instinctively like pushed him yeah. out of the way and then let up on the mic and got the mic and the, and the ball carriers followed me perfectly. And mm-hmm. me also just being kind of a smart player trying to make an impression. As soon as that play happened, I went right next to Harbaugh because Harbaugh sits. So when we're having plays in practice, the plays are happening 15 yards back. We're all on the field and it's like, split in the middle offense mm-hmm. on this side defense on the other side all watching the place happen yeah. and he's right in the middle so i stood right next to him and he was like hmm he's like that looked pretty good he's like have you done that before i'm like yeah i actually did it in high school and as soon as i said that you could tell he was like slowly started like thinking and saying, like oh okay he's done this before he did it pretty well okay so then after that i started to get more reps i started to get more reps at fullback and also some, some tight end stuff because uh, Greg Roman was a tight ends coach and the run game coordinator. So he wanted me to do a little bit of both. And then, I mean, after that, I probably didn't do too much until training camp, even a week into training camp, my rookie year, I still didn't do that much. It was all defense. And then probably I think the second or third game, they gave me some reps in the game and it was against the dolphins. And I don't know what was going on, but I've had to have like five pancakes. Like I was just <laughs> like lock, like I'm just kind of out there, just like instinctively trying to do things. But I did very well, and then at that point, they kind of gave me my own my own package. It was like I was wearing number ninety one, and it was like base mm-hmm. ninety. <laughs> I'd go in, have to like be eligible to get in there, and and um, I did, I did well enough in the rest of the training camp, but I made the team my rookie year as a fullback in an emergency defensive line. And then I did that for three years. And last year I was able to play more defense and offense. And then obviously, you know, I was doing very well on offense. So I started playing mostly offense. And then this off season, that's when they completely just put me on offense. Mm-hmm. So as well as it worked out for you, man, it sounds like they got pretty <laughs> fortunate in Baltimore with Kyle <laughs> leaving. And then you just step in They're Like we didn't even draft this guy. He comes in immediately fills in exactly what we need. So obviously Juszczyk is a great receiver out of the backfield. You start, especially I know in the Titans playoff game, you had three catches that one of those big drives. Uh, do you think that'll be a decent uh, part of the package? Maybe this year you'll add that to it um, in Baltimore in terms of obviously most of the time the defender is going to think you're, they're also worried about you running them over. If you just kind of slip out past them, that gives a nice little variation to a lot of what you guys do in your offense. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about me too is I didn't play offense in college. So yeah. like, me from my rookie year to now like I've learned so much just like even like basic things that like guys have been doing since Pop Warner I've never done and I'm expected to do it against the elite athletes who have been Mm -hmm. playing so long and just like so I've grown a lot in the passing game and certain things with like my route running and just certain things so hopefully this year I can just keep expanding my role like I've done every year and just keep you know running more routes get better at them to where Mm -hmm. I can do them in the games and um I mean, I think that I've shown I've had some success in the passing game. So it's like, why not just keep, you know, expanding my role there? So, I mean, we'll see what happens when we get down there. And um, we don't even know if we're going to have an OTA. So it might be all virtual. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. I think maybe we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm ready for whatever. So. And then my last uh, kind of fullback focus question, I know you've talked about fullback assist a decent amount. We talk a decent amount on our podcast about fantasy football kind of stuff for our audience. <laughs> do you believe that uh, this is just an idea I put down? Do you think fullback assist should become a part of fantasy football? 
<laughs> I think, I think any blocking mm-hmm. should, be, should be a stat. Even the linemen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, they a lot of stuff. They get no gore or nothing. Like, it's insane. Like, half the time, running back to get a 20-yard touchdown and not even be touched. And it's like, oh, the running back so great. It's like, that blocking was amazing. Like, whoever blocked all this stuff. So, I think I think there should be some changes for sure. Because mm-hmm. they can also fans knowing players, um, recognizing players that people don't know about, and then also for contracts to say, oh, he's he's very good at, you know, whatever. So I think, you know, I think it's cool that uh, – is it Barstool that's been doing it? or Yeah, fullback assist, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's pretty sweet. It just gives more recognition to positions that don't get it very often. So I'm It is a bit unfair. Like, it feels like a lot of the time when there's – people highlighting offensive line player or any blocking it's when there's like mistakes like everyone's talking about the chiefs now and the and the super bowl like oh it's not pat's fault which of course that's yeah, true but at the same time and yeah there should be a lot more glory no one's really talking if no one's talking about you in the offensive line you're probably doing your job it feels like um so yeah in terms of you talked a bit about uh, pancake blocks uh, talked about um in terms of your nickname so i was trying to look at i heard on uh, raven's podcast you're on you said that some of the guys call you party pat then we have pancake pat and project pat so which is it is there is it all of them or is there one nickname that is the standard at this point (laughs) (laughs) it kind of um you know explains who i am i mean my role here is expanded throughout multiple positions different rooms every year so it's like the same with my nicknames like at first it was project pat brandon williams gave it to me in ota's my rookie year and at first I didn't know what the hell he was talking about because I'm like you kind of say like I'm a project like I'm a lot of work that yeah <laughs> or and I, I, I later find out it's because there's a rapper named Project Pat and I didn't I had no idea like I've heard one song <laughs> no he's a, he's a 90s rapper so I didn't uh-huh. <laughs> and and then it kind of just people started calling me different things like I think with some guys in the strength in the weight room, like some of the coaches in there, like started calling me Party Pat. And then um, I think it was, and then once I made the Pro Bowl, it was Pro Bowl Pat for a little bit. And then once I got my contract extension, it was Paid Pat. <laughs> so then this past off season, you know, talking to agency and stuff, I'm like, you know what? Like I started, I want to start branding because I just made a Pro Bowl. I just signed a two-year extension here. Um, People starting to know me. Everyone knows me here as Project Pat, and I want to start whatever. So we so we made a a website, thepatrickricard.com. We have a branding and everything on it, like my logo, and I think it's pretty. I actually came out pretty nice, and it's kind of surreal. Never thought I'd have my own website or all my own branding, all that stuff. So, you know, this year the way I was playing, um, you know, I pride myself being physical and, and playing to the whistle, and guys absolutely hate it. They hate it. They think they're gonna stop, but don't because the whistle has been blowing it, and that's how I play. And I've been pancaking a lot of guys and putting them on their back, on top of them, you know, putting them in the ground. And I was just thinking, like, this is a great branding opportunity because my website, they put on some clothing gear on there, just different things like Project Pads on there with some hoodies, some T-shirts with my logos. And I'm thinking, I'm like, it'd be a cool shirt if we did something pancake pat and do a shirt for it. And we collabed with the guys on the website, and we did it. And then – Lamar started calling me Pancake Pat. It's more guys in the team, and that's what kind of people know me now. So it's just you know any of those nicknames. It's going to be ever expanding. Probably next year there should be something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm sure I'll think of something, or something will happen. So we're, you know, we're 
you know, we're going to have it. But right now, yeah, Pancake Pass kind of my go-to right now. Yeah, no, that shirt's pretty sweet. I've seen the pancake one. Obviously, yeah. Party Pat, you can make one work with that. Maybe put a little party <laughs> hat on you. There's all sorts of things you can do there. Exactly. Um, Maybe that's what we need, oh, Dylan. Dylan, we we have him on the podcast. He's he's podcast Pat now. Let's get oh, some gear. Go. Let's get some merch for that. So <laughs> I need to get his merch. Like I was saying, if we if we have Pat on again, I'll I'll have the shirt on that time. Uh, I'm gonna say the last question, kind of random thing I put down here there was a story that a lot of people covered when you uh, during I think it was during the season obviously during quarantine where you had an order from Outback Steakhouse be taken by your neighbor and that was kind of how you <laughs> met your neighbor um I've had I've had the same thing happen although they brought my, the food to my door which is super nice I'd never met them before but nonetheless have you talked to that neighbor again is there any sort of relationship there or is it just a one-time deal <laughs> it's actually happened in like November like it was okay. recently so pretty much, pretty much what happened was I live in, I'm, I'm moving now. So I really don't care if I tell people. So I live in a townhouse. So like all the townhouses are all the same. And sometimes they accidentally drop it off to my neighbor's house. So it's happened a few times and I have a ring on my, my door. So I know mm-hmm. somebody walks over, tastes my food or whatever. So I ordered it and it says I got dropped off because DoorDash, when they drop it off, they send you a text and a picture of where they dropped it off. So I go outside and I'm like looking around, I'm like, <laughs> Still my food and then i look at the picture and i'm like that's my neighbor's doormat and my food is not there so then i knock on the door <laughs> times and doesn't answer so then i'm like, okay i call my wife and she's like no he probably has it or knows where it is because it wouldn't just vanish from his doorstep so then i knock again a bunch of times like i'm knocking loud and yeah. pressing <laughs> and all of a sudden he comes out and at that point i know he has it because why did he not enter the door the first time so now I just like I just straight up accuse him. I show him the picture. I'm like, "Where's my food?" and all this stuff. Blah, blah blah. He gets all nervous and like, doesn't make sense. Like, start talking and stuff. And then he finally like, says like, "Yeah, I have it upstairs. Like, I'll bring it down." Brings it down to me, and it's already on a plate. You already took all my food out and put it <laughs> like a paper plate. You're about to eat it. It's been like five ten minutes since it was dropped off. And I'm like, "Dude, I'm like, are you kidding me right now?" So then I try to explain to him. I'm like, "I'm like, I don't want this to happen again." Like, and then all of a sudden he started getting like all hot and pressed and like got my face a little bit and i'm like, I'm like you're, you're so wrong right now yeah like, <laughs> like you stole my food like what are you talking about so then pretty much uh long story short the next night i get someone knocking on my door at like 10 o'clock and it's a lady and i'm like what the heck go downstairs it's his mother that my my neighbor is his mother and this dude is like my age he looks like the 20s late 20s whatever and I don't know if he lives with her or he stays there sometimes, but she apologized and and for all this. And I don't ever really see him anyways. They're never really outside or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I just put on Twitter and then Twitter ate it up. Yeah. When <laughs> football, the New York Post took it. Like, mm-hmm. And then um, DoorDash reached out to me. Outback reached out to me. And then uh, Green Turtles, a local like pub in the area, reached out to me. So, I mean, I... I turned out pretty well, so hopefully those my food again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Just Amazing. don't take if it's not yours. It's on yeah, and it usually says your name on it. It's not like you couldn't have seen like, oh, this address is written down. <laughs> yeah, like, either don't take it or put it inside and then just wait and see if somebody you know knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. Hey, is she food anywhere? You know, I don't know. Crazy, but. Well, scary, we, right? we, we know someone that's going to be excited that you're moving then. So at least <laughs> at least one or two people. So, <laughs> uh, Pat, man, this has been a lot of fun. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, but-
before we, we hop off here, you've obviously talked about the website, uh, thepatrickpicard.com. Uh, you've got all kinds of stuff over there, the, the pancake shirts, like we mentioned. you got masks. you got all sorts of stuff. Uh, anything else you want to plug before we hop off here? Yeah, so besides that, all my social media is all PRIC, P-R-I-C, 508. And on top of that, I also do cameos. So if anyone needs a personalized video from myself for anything, Valentine's Day is coming up. So if people yeah. email us your video and something quick for a present, I'll do it for you guys. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's all on my website. Everything's on there. So it's a lot easier as well. Dylan, anything else? No, I think that's it. I got through all the things I wrote down here. So yeah, no, again, really appreciate it, Pat, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you as well. All right. Uh, thanks to uh, Pat Ricard for joining us uh, here on the podcast. Dylan, that was uh, a lot of fun to get some insight into him. And uh, best of all, uh, to get some great advice on not stealing uh, your neighbor's uh, food. I thought that that was very important to know. Yeah, no, he was great. Super nice, really thorough answers. And he was a good sport with all the uh, kind of different things we brought up. So yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it was for sure. And uh, we hopefully we'll get him back on here soon. Hopefully we'll get some more uh, players uh, in the works here to have on the podcast as we go throughout the offseason. As we always say, um, the NFL offseason is just nuts. But uh, we still want to talk to some players as uh, all the craziness mm -hmm. is going on around it so uh dylan a lot of stuff going on over clutch points uh, as we said we'll have everything covered um on the nfl offseason uh, nba in full swing baseball about to start uh, all kinds of stuff happening over clutch points yeah with spring training about to start you can follow baseball games in the clutch points app all the nba games um, the ones that don't get postponed you can follow those in the app as blake noted yeah we'll have plenty of coverage of the nfl on both in the app and the nfl section there on clutchpoints.com on the nfl tab plenty of stuff looking at yeah so many rumors so many quarterback things and now we have i don't think russell wilson's going anywhere i know we haven't really talked about that on our podcast yet but that's the latest that's the latest rumor that by the time you guys yep. listen to this uh it'll be a couple of days later so we'll see what happens by then maybe there'll be another quarterback that's uh and the rumors but yeah we got it all covered at clutch points a lot of draft coverage coming up as well so yeah it should be fun one thing we do know is lamar jackson's not getting traded uh i'm pretty <laughs> sure we we didn't ask pat that but i think he could have confirmed um, any, any rumors out there that, uh, that was going to happen. So, uh, yeah, check everything out over at clutch points and, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use, Apple podcast, Spotify, anywhere, just search for establish the pass. You can find us on there. Uh, we do this a couple times a week, uh, here and throughout the off season. So, uh, lots of great football stuff uh, to bring to you. So be sure to subscribe for absolutely free on any of those platforms. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.